You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Welcome to Voice Junkie. Sports, 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 and more sports. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about sports, of course. And we're going to be talking predominantly about the NBA because the season just started a couple days ago. The first game was Jazz versus Pelicans. Great season opener. Uh, two teams that are definitely positioning to, to get themselves in the playoffs. Uh, the Jazz more so are already uh, looking a little better as far as getting in the playoffs, but they're just trying to find the best position they can when the seeding starts and when the playoffs start within a week or two. So uh, actually it's like two weeks. Of course, every game that you see up to this point right now is going to be a little bit different in a sense that not everyone is at their top game right now. Not everyone is at their peak maximum performance because for obvious reasons we haven't had any kind of sports or any kind of competitive basketball what since adam silver closed down the league back you know four and a half months ago so these guys this is the first time they've played competitively in a, in a long time and they did play competitively a little bit during the intramural games the exhibition games so only three exhibition games uh, that started 10 days ago, I would say. And now, of course, we're in the actual crux of the season, the actual grind of the season again. So, you know, the whole plan is perfect. It's play to eight games so we can get seating situated. So right now, Clippers and the Jazz and all of these teams like the Magic and the, the, the Rockets and all these teams, they are all jockeying for position to see where they're going to ultimately land at once the playoffs begin and who they're going to match up against. So these eight games are essential in getting to that point and right now underway and getting there. And from what I've seen so far, just to get back to the Jazz and the Pelicans, uh, the Jazz and the Pelicans, obviously, they were all rusty. I mean, they were missing shots, lots of turnovers. Pretty much every game I've seen so far is riddled with turnovers because for obvious reasons, like I've already stated, you know, these guys haven't played competitively in over four months. So you're going to see slow starts. Uh, you're going to see a bunch of slow starts, probably, you know, at least for another week or so until everybody gets in gear. But the game itself, Jazz-Pelicans, it was a very competitive game. The Pelicans pretty much controlled the game for the most part, but they let the game slip away from them in the end, and the Jazz pulled away 106-104. Uh, B.I., uh, Brandon Ingram, on the Pelicans had a, had a shot to win the game. Uh, he took a three-pointer. Great shot. It just didn't go in, rimmed out, and, you know, the Jazz walked away with the victory. Uh, now, as far as... A couple things with that game. One big part is the Pelicans and Zion Williamson. They have to figure out what they're doing with Zion. They really do. I mean, the fact that Zion played only 15 minutes in that Jazz game is absolutely ridiculous. And those people in the front office should be ashamed of themselves. You know, we all get it. We all get it. You have this potentially you know, once in a lifetime, once in a generation player, potentially, you have that, you, you know, at your disposal, you have that under your roof and you want to protect it at all costs. We understand that. But come on, man, get it together. Get it together. Zion hasn't played in four months. He he was on a minutes restriction before COVID hit. And before the games were shut down, he was on a minutes restriction. Now we're back in business, everyone's playing now. The games are up and started up again. And now 
you still got him on a minutes restriction, 15, 20 minutes a game. The guy had four and a half months of additional rest that he already had before COVID hit. And you still giving him time off? You still giving him 15, 20 minutes a game? It's absolutely ridiculous what uh, the New Orleans Pelicans are doing with Zion. It's ridiculous. It sucks for the fans, and it sucks for Zion because Zion is all about playing, and Zion wants to play. We get it. You're trying to protect him, but you can't protect him by playing him limited minutes when he's cleared to play. I just found that mildly annoying that Zion played only 15 minutes, and he scored 13 points. (laughs) His efficiency is... Is, is ridiculous. I will say this, though. Brandon Ingram is becoming a star. Like, quiet is kept down in <laughs> New Orleans. He's going to be out of mind, out of sight. But I'm telling you, all the games I've watched, even before the pandemic hit, I've been impressed with uh, B.I. I've been impressed with Brandon Ingram and his game. He's grown a lot. Like, he plays defense. Um, he's not a top-tier defender, but he's he plays real good, adequate defense. And he's a scorer, man. He scores the ball, man. He can put buckets up at like at will, and no one can really shut him down. He only he can only shut himself down, and it's impressive to watch. You know, he's lanky. Uh, he's a star, man. Like if I'm the New Orleans Pelicans, I do everything in my power to keep him there and keep him happy. He's a nice building block for the future. Um, they have their eyes set on Zion being the future. But in reality, you should be looking more at B.I. as being the future or being the centerpiece because you don't really know what you're going to get from Zion in the next five years. You don't know. I know what I'm going to get from uh, Brandon uh, Ingram, and he's been showing me what he can do for the past couple years he's been showing me. Uh, as far as Zion's concerned, we don't know what we're going to get. The guy can't even stay below 280, 300 pounds, and you know that's going to be a recipe for disaster for his career going forward if he can't get his weight down you got to get your weight down bro it's not working right now it's not i mean it's not affecting you right now because you're 20 21 and the body can withstand a lot at that age but going forward make no mistake about it zion williamson is going to have to drop 30 to 40 pounds to be healthy and to to be built for the for the long run you know, you want to get at least 10 plus years out of this kid. And if he's not taking care of his body, you're not going to get 10 years. You know, you'll you'll get 10 years, but you'll be in a contract that you don't want to be in because you'll be paying a player who can't stay on the court. And you don't want to have that. You just don't want to have that. So that's just my side tangent on that. They lost the game. They blew the game because of a variety of reasons. But the Zion Williamson thing irked me the most but uh on to the 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 nightcap game that thursday i want to talk about that real quick that's the clippers and lakers uh the lakers won man 103 to 101 vegas or fox bet i don't remember which one it was but they had a four and a half point spread in favor of the lakers and guess what the lakers did not cover that point spread like i thought they wouldn't i knew they wouldn't cover the sport uh the point spread because these two teams play each other incredibly close and four and a half points is like 10 points when it comes to those teams. That ain't happening. That ain't happening. These guys play hard and they're almost equal to each other. So four and a half seemed pretty steep when I first heard it. So to see the score be 103 to 101 did not surprise me in the least bit. But onto the game. Clearly the Clippers aren't the Clippers. They're just not the Clippers yet. 
You know, these they're they're playing like a bunch of guys who are just now playing after four months. <laughs> you know, uh, and credit to the Lakers, man. The Lakers, I've watched their exhibition games. They've been looking really good. Even in the exhibition, they've been looking real good. I like LeBron's mentality and how it's been since he's been in a bubble. He's been very focused. His energy's been up, and I, I appreciate that from him. You know, that's that definitely is the right mentality you need to have around your your, your teammates because if your energy's up, that means the rest of your team's energy uh, should be up, and I definitely appreciate how LeBron's taken this little um, quarantine time, this bubble time to go for that fourth chip because he knows his legacy is everything, every waking moment that he's on the court, it's uh, a contribution to his legacy as far as that final chapter that he's trying to write. And this is the perfect time for him to pick up his fourth championship. It's, It's no better time. You know, there's no better time. So the way they're playing right now, they're definitely on their way. I don't think they're going to win. I'm still going to uh, go with the team that I picked from the from the beginning. I picked the Clippers. But that's not saying that they got this in the bag either. You know, the fact that Lou Williams didn't play in that game. Montrez uh, Harrell didn't play in that game. These are big, big, big losses. I mean, Lou Will and Montrez, I think, account for like 40 points apiece. I mean, Fort, not a piece. That would be mental. But I'm talking about 40 points in combination with each other, in concert with each other. 40 points off the bench and however many rebounds, you know, you're going to get like 10 boards from Montrez. You you miss that. It's an insurmountable deficit to come from. It is. So the fact that you only lost by two points, you covered the point spread of four and a half, and you didn't have Montrez or Lou Will coming off the bench. And then you had your starting point guard, Patrick Beverly. He only played 15 minutes. He had the Zion minutes restriction, I mean, because he hasn't played in a long time. And he had just came back to the bubble from, you know, a family emergency or whatever. He only played 15 minutes. So if you count all of these things, all of these factors, and you can clearly see, like, you know, they're just not hitting on all cylinders because they have a lot of things that they need to sort out before the playoffs start. But. Again, like I said, with all of those things that I just mentioned, they still only lost by two points. So if I'm a Clippers fan, I'm feeling positively optimistic because it's like, okay, yeah, we lost again to the Lakers. Now our season series is two and two, two wins for the Clippers, two wins for the Lakers. Now that we have that, now that that's over, and then that we lost this last game when we could have won this game without two of our best players, then that that's definitely encouraging sign if that you know I don't really believe in moral victories like that but if there ever was one this is definitely the case the clippers definitely had a moral victory because they stood in there with the lakers and they were nowhere near being uh, at full strength so definitely definitely encouraging sign if you're a clippers fan uh, as far as the lakers is concerned there's some things you still need to see you still need to get more production from danny green uh, JR, I mean, JR played, but it was like he didn't play because, again, he's one of those guys. He hasn't really played competition you know, competitively in two years. Point is, everything is just slow. Everything is rusty. Everyone is still trying to get in gear so we can make that final push to the playoffs. Now, I just want to uh, bring up one more game or a, a couple of games real quick. Uh, yesterday's game with uh, the Grizzlies and Trailblazers that went to the uh, o- overtime. That was a great game. I mean, uh, the Grizzlies look really good, man. That's going to be a team to be reckoned with, with in the future. 
you know, that Ja Morant is playing out of his mind. That kid is going to be really dangerous. He's going to be one of those players that we're going to talk about probably in two years as potentially the best point guard in the league. So, uh, or two guard or guard period in the league. Um, he's coming. He's coming, you know, and I love John Morant coming out of college. I, I would have picked John Morant over Zion Williamson, to be honest. I think his game is better. He has a more complete game and he doesn't miss games. So, you know, I think people overestimated his abilities. I think people overlooked his abilities because of Zion Williamson, which is great for him because now he can just keep doing what he's doing. He's like, hey, y'all, you guys think Zion was the crown jewel of this draft. I'm here to show you different. I'm here to show you I, me, Job Morant, is the crown jewel of this draft, of this past draft. It's me. It ain't Zion. So right now, in my opinion, he's been showing that. He's been showing that. But Trailblazers win 140, 135, like I stated. It was a great game. You had great contributions from Carmelo, great contributions from uh, the the usual suspects and Dame Lillard and, and uh, CJ McCollum. They're healthy at the right time, man. They're healthy at the right time. You got Nurkic back. You got a lot of other guys back. Collins. You know, you got your bigs back. And, you know, you still got uh uh Hassan Whiteside. So they're gonna be dangerous, man. That's a team if I was, you know, the Lakers or the Clippers or, you know, these top echelon teams, I would be really wary in playing the Portland Trailblazers because in any given night, they can beat any team. They're that talented. And I think they're being overlooked because of their record and because no one's talking about them. Slowly but surely, you're going to start seeing analysts, commentators start to talk about and pay attention to the Blazers and say, oh, you know what? Maybe the Blazers could be the Cinderella team of this year's playoffs. Maybe. Maybe not. But uh, on to the Celtics and the Bucks. The Bucks and the Celtics, they play each other, you know, very well. They play each other tough. The Bucks won 119 to 112. A couple takeaways from this game. Obviously, the Celtics are dealing with some things with Kimball Walker. He's coming back from a knee injury, so he only played, you know, limited minutes. He had I think 19 minutes and he has a hard stop of 20 minutes. So he'll be playing 20 minutes for the remainder of these seven games or seven or eight games that everyone has. And he's pretty much going to be on ice until the playoffs begin. Celtics played real tough, man. They had they had the lead a couple times. Um, the Bucks ran away from them. I remember the game started off and the Bucks were up like 17-4. And I was just like, come on, Celtics, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, but the Celtics, as they always do, came marching back play tough, hung in tough, and they do what they do, man. It's, they're very, they're a good team to watch. I like watching the Celtics because they play hard. All the guys on that team play hard from the first, you know, from the top five all the way down to the bottom five or seven. You know, they all play really hard, and that's attributed to Brad Stevens and his coaching style and how he likes to go about things game to game. So to see the Bucks win that game, they had, you know, they should have won that game. With a limited Kimber Walker, yeah, you should win that game. And especially when Jason Tatum's like two for 16 or whatever he was, he was awful. That's probably the worst I've seen uh, Jason Tatum ever. Like he couldn't buy a basket. The fact that you barely beat the Celtics, given the fact that they got pretty much nothing from Tatum and Kimba only played about 19, 20 minutes, another moral victory. <laughs> so if you're a Celtics fan, that's another moral victory, in my opinion. The fact that you hung in there and you gave uh the bucks all they can handle uh but Giannis man Giannis gotta get to Giannis before I move on 
Giannis is special, man. He's special. He scored like I believe it was like 36 points in that game, like 14 or 15 rebounds. I'm not looking at the stat line, but it was around that region. And to see see it done so effortlessly is impressive, man. Giannis, make no mistake about it. Giannis is this year's MVP. I know everybody want to give a charity award to LeBron because of how he's played uh, before the pandemic. But let's make no mistake about it. Giannis's numbers, look at the dude's numbers. Look at the guy's stats. He's playing out of his mind. He might even win defensive player of the year. You know, he might be like the first guy since Jordan in 88 who won defensive player of the year and MVP because he should win both of them. That's how historically transcendent he's been uh, this season. So definitely, I I think uh, he'll win the award. It'll be back-to-back MVPs. And that means if he does win the MVP this year, he has to end the year off with a chip. Giannis has to get the Bucks to the finals at least this season. And if he doesn't in this pandemic get the Bucks to the finals, it is a complete and utter failure on his part. There's no there's no excuses for this season. There's no LeBron on the East uh Eastern Conference and your team is totally 100%, let me knock on wood. This team is 100% healthy. Yeah, they haven't played with Eric Bledsoe so far because, you know, he's still recovering from COVID. Uh, they got him in the um, quarantine process. Other than that, they've been great. They've been great. They, they, they're the sharpest team in the bubble right now. I watched them during the uh, exhibition games, and they've been great. They've been absolutely great. Like, they never missed a step. They look like the Bucks back in January or whatever month you wanted to use before the uh, close down. They look that good. So I expect them to be the front runners or be one. of If the Lakers are one, they're definitely 1A. And then behind them, uh, not too far away, would be the Clippers for me. Those are the top three right now that's got the um, legit run uh, for the throne (laughs) or the chip. It's those three. Like, they're the legit ones. Just a quick segue away from the Bucks and the Celtics. Uh, And just go to the Rockets and the Mavericks. Um, that was a crazy exciting game. James Harden scored almost 50. I mean, he's just, uh, he's a generational scorer. Let's just call it what it is. We haven't seen this kind of scoring since Kobe and MJ. Like, he is that good. He is playing out of his mind when it comes to, you know, the offensive end. And I'll give him credit on the defensive end. I mean, James Harden isn't a bum on defense. He's stepped his defense up quite a bit in the past few seasons. Like, that's not just act like he's chopped liver out there. Like he's he puts he's been putting work in. I'm not saying he's a all defensive team player, but he's not a bum on defense either, you know? So he's definitely been putting the work in, and you can see it as he plays on the court and how, how he approaches each game. He's just nuclear, man. He's he's at the point now where it doesn't matter who he plays. He could put up 40-50 on anyone. He could put it on the worst defensive team, or he could put it on the best defensive team. When he's on, he's on. He's unstoppable. And that's what happened last night. I mean, the Mavericks did have control of that game for uh, a vast majority of it. I mean, they were even up seven points with 45 seconds or so to go, and they couldn't close. That's the problem with the Mavericks. They have a closing issue, and that goes to their star players. That is sits, I mean, right at the doorstep of their star players, Porzingis and Luka. You guys have to close. You need a closer, and if you guys can't close, then uh, Cuban and company need to look for someone who can close. Maybe you need to find a Lou Will-type player who can close these games for you because 
you just cost yourself uh, who knows? You just might have cost yourself a you know a position, a favorable position in the seating when the playoffs start with that loss last night that you should have won. No excuse. You got to get it done. And another thing that I don't like with the Mavericks that concerns me is that they're a really soft team, man. I watched the Rockets push push them around, and the Rockets are a smaller team, and they were pushing the the Mavericks around. No, 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 no. That shouldn't be the case. You should not be the bigger team. Uh, the more talented team, arguably, and you're getting pushed around by a, the smaller team in the Rockets. That's insane. I was watching Porzingis flop around the floor like a fish. Like every five minutes he was on the floor, falling down, stumbling. I'm like, come on, man. Like these guys got to get more physical, man. I think once Luka gets more physical, and I think he will. He's young, man. People forget Luka is in his early 20s. You know, he he – He's got a lot of time to grow into a more physical player, somebody who can withstand the punishment on the court. Because right now, he's unstoppable too. The only way you stop Luka is by getting physical with him, by, you know, getting him off his game, you know, throwing him a couple elbows here and there, and it, and it razzles him and gets him off his game. But I think eventually he'll get better at that. And once he does, that's when he really truly will become, you know, this generation's bird or – you, whoever you want to compare him to. But once he gets that toughness up, that physicality up, then we can make those comparisons. But right now, he's just not there. And the Rockets, man, they, they pulled it out. They're another dangerous team. They're a team that I think a lot, of, a lot of teams out there, a lot of top teams out there don't want to match up against. And the Clippers, for sure, do not want to see the Rockets in the first round. That you just don't want. I don't think that the Clippers would lose to them in a seven-game series. They'll come out of that series pretty beat up, and you don't want that when you when you have uh, when you're on the path to playing the Lakers. You don't want that. Seating is very important. The NBA is handling the COVID situation. It's been flawless so far. I know they have their only you know have some things going on probably internally, uh, some challenges that they have to go through. Um, for the vast majority, for the for the most part. They've handled it pretty well. This is what happens. They have zero positive tests so far in the bubble. That's impressive, man. This is how it's supposed to be done. If you want to beat a pandemic, you have to isolate. That's what you have to do. And these other sports leagues aren't doing that. Baseball are running into all these issues with all of these players testing positive because they're still traveling. They're still going from city to city. The likelihood of you catching COVID traveling to these games are extremely high versus being isolated in a bubble. So the fact that Major League Baseball and football, I'm sure is going to go through this as the season begins. The fact that they didn't think this through like the NBA when the NBA had the blueprint and showing how you do it. And even before the uh, NBA, I was watching the basketball tournament, TBT, and they had their own little blueprint that the NBA followed. So basketball in the U.S. in general has been way ahead of all the other major league sports as far as how to properly contain such a terrible virus. They've been on top of it, man. And the fact that these leagues, these these commissioners didn't think this through or at least consider, hey, maybe we could just get some other place where we could just have all the games there and we can better isolate, better manage, you know, the spread of COVID. I think that's the best way you can do it. And right now, baseball is going through a lot of positive tests because of the travel situation. Because you're basically, you're doing regular baseball, 
traveling from city to city. But just because you don't have the fans doesn't make it any more safer. Like, yeah, it makes it safer, but you still, you know, open to getting COVID when you're traveling from city to city. It's just the way it is. It's the way it is. It's common sense. Like, I don't know why commissioners or people in charge of these leagues don't think that this is a huge issue and could potentially close things down again. You know, I'm monitoring that Major League Baseball, especially with the Marlins situation. You got 18 players or 18 people in that organization who tested positive. How? How is that even possible? How did you not find this out before the season started? You know, like it's just the preparation is not there. I think people are putting the cart before the horse because they're trying to save their money because, you know, that's all these places care about is money. And I get it. You got to recoup a lot of that money. You know, there's a lot of contracts. There's a lot of deals with the networks and so forth. I get that. But in the end of the day, you have to practice better care, better caution when it comes to dealing with such a terrible situation like this. So it's just good to see the NBA kind of be the, the, the leaders of this, you know, and they're the leaders in social justice right now. They've been doing a lot of cool things with the social justice. I, I love all the little vignettes and commercials they've been playing in and out of uh, game breaks. Been very good stuff. The Beyonce vignette, the trailer, that looks beautiful. I haven't even checked that movie out. So that's or video on Disney Plus, but that's a whole nother thing. Other than that, the social justice, the, the the messaging that they've been doing, it's been solid. I will keep it a buck, though, keep it 100 and say that I think the messages on the back of the jerseys are a little corny because I'm looking at some of the messages and they look like messages that the vast majority of players wouldn't have chosen on their own. So, you know, I have an issue with that. If you're not going to allow the players to kind of use the message that they want to use, then just don't do it at all. You're already doing enough. You're doing enough and you're doing a good job. You didn't have to do the uh, Jersey thing because the Jersey thing makes it a little more complicated. Thankfully, that won't last very long. It's only going to last, I think, maybe a few games. But other than that, yeah, I'm just very impressed with this first week of the NBA and they have some more games today. Uh, I just love how it looks. Everything looks great. Everything's top notch. The court looks fantastic. The lighting looks like the set of a television show. And it's everything that I expected. The camera angles on the sideline, great. The artificial crowd noise, eh, whatever. I, I don't really care about the crowd. I never cared about the crowd. Don't, you know, don't get it messed up. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, sports is way better with, with fans. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's not really that important to me that the fans are there because I'm watching the, the players. I don't give a damn about the fans. And that's me saying that as a fan. <laughs> you know, it's all about the players. That's why we do it. And I just hope that the NBA just keeps doing what they're doing, the good work that they're doing, and coddle the hell out of these players because, you know, at the end of the day, they are doing a public service. You know, yeah, of course, they're looking out for themselves and trying to keep those millions of dollars in their pockets, but, yeah, that's their job. They, a lot of them don't have to do this, and they're doing it, and I, I appreciate it because it's great for my mental health. You know, they're doing a, a public service here because a lot of people depend on sports. A lot of companies depend on sports. so. That would kind of make these guys essential workers. Isn't that weird? That's a weird thing to say, right? But if you really think about it, they kind of are essential. You look at businesses, you look at the mental health of the country and those who really, really look forward to sports, that would kind of make them essential, right? I don't know. But it's all interesting at the end of the day. We're just in a very, very tumultuous time. We're in a very, very interesting times. 
And all that said, I'm glad that you stuck it through with me for these 30 minutes. Thank you for tuning in to the Trendaholics Voice Junkie Podcast. You guys be safe out there. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your family. And for God's sakes, wear your goddamn mask.